And we are back with another episode of From the Rafters. Sam and I are here recording on Thursday, September 15th, after a brief one-week hiatus. We got busy. It's the offseason. Uh, who can blame us, I guess, says the person who skipped the week. Anyways, uh, we are back, and we thought we'd do a little season preview, player preview today, go through everybody on the Celtics roster heading into next year. But first, uh, some news coming out of the Celtics universe. Actually, Bobby Manning, friend of the podcast of CLNS yes. Media and Celtics blog, reporting first that the Celtics are signing local kid Jake Lehman to a training camp deal. I went to school in Rentham. I actually played baseball at the school he went to where he played basketball, which is pretty cool. Um, He joins Justin Jackson and Denzel Valentine in the latest batch of Celtics signees on training camp deals. And they also join Noah Vonley and Bruno Caboclo uh, with Broderick Thomas expected to follow on a training camp deal, but we're yet to see about that. So uh, let's start there. We're going to go through obviously the two way guys and the rest of the rosters up all the way up to Jason Tatum. But, um, which of those players do you say I'm expect to make the roster and why, and what do you expect from them this season? Obviously probably not much because they're training camp guys for a reason, but just right. what are you looking at, uh, for those guys? I think we've kind of gone through all of them at different times. And I think the best fit is Von Le because of the lack of depth they have in terms of big guys. They've got Rob Williams, Al Horford, uh, cabin and of course, that's it. I mean, if you want to count Grant and, and Cornette, I'm sorry. Ooh, you Jackson, say Hauser? Yeah. No, no, no. I said, <laughs> I said, uh, Jelly, and I forgot Cornette. Completely oh, yeah. forgot him. Uh, Respect on his name. <laughs> they they really could use some reinforcement there. You know, Vonley's been a guy in the league. He's local, which again, soft spot from Sam for the local guys. But he's an effective rebounder. The Celtics shot themselves in the foot many times last season, whether it was before they got good or after, because they couldn't secure rebounds in important points of the game, right? It doesn't mean Nola Vonley is going to be running around in the fourth quarter in a close game grabbing boards, but it does mean there are important situations throughout a game where you may have a bench guy in there and they make the difference. You never know. There are times in the playoffs last year that the Celtics lost games in the second quarter. Because they just didn't execute properly. They didn't yeah. put the game to bed when they had the chance. I mean, if you want like the most recent example, look at game six. They came out and ran the doors off the Warriors. And then they gave up a 21 nothing run because of poor defense, poor rebounding. And they couldn't get out of their own way. They, they literally didn't win a championship last year because they were in their own way. So one of the first steps they can take. To fixing that was bringing in Brogdon, right, to boost the bench because they didn't get much out of those guys in the finals. But you're also going to need somebody to help out on the glass because you lost a few games throughout that whole run because of rebounding. So long-winded answer, Vonley. That's because, you know, he's kind of more of a need than the rest of them. I agree. I, I'd say my first vote would be for Vonley out of those guys because you don't really have a backup center. Obviously, Kevin Gailey on the end of the bench, but he's on a two-way contract, so you want some more, um, you know, definite, uh, a more definite answer, I should say, uh, on the 15-man roster. So I, I, I'd go for Vonley because he's always been a solid defender, and like you said, the rebounding would help as well, and he's probably more apt to play the five than anybody else they're bringing for training camp, but they only have 12 out of 15 players on the roster right now. Um, so they have to sign at least two of these guys, or they have to bring on at least two more players. Um, they could bring on three, or they could also just choose to leave one spot open at the end of the bench, which is what I assume they will do, you know, bring in some 10 days, but, uh, they do need to fill those spots before the season starts. So I, I agree with you that Vonley should be one. As far as the other guy, <clears throat> I was a big, uh, Matt Ryan supporter, but he has moved mm-hmm. on. He's looking for other opportunities around the league. So it seems like that you know, chance has passed. I'd probably look to one of the wings because the Celtics don't really have any wing depth, right? It's kind of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and then you're depending on a guard to step up and play the wing. You're depending on Grant Williams to step down from the forward center position and play the wing. So if I'm the Celtics, I'd bring in one of Justin Jackson, Jake Lehman, Denzel Valentine. Uh, Bruno Caboclo is cool. Broderick Thomas is cool, but Thomas is more of a guard and you already have so many guards on the roster anyways. And Kaboklo just has kind of never fit in the NBA. He's probably, he's, he's an okay defender from what I remember. 
but he's just kind of like he never really panned out. So <clears throat> I bring in Justin Jackson, Jake Lehman, Denzel Valentine. Out of those guys, I'd probably lean Justin Jackson. He's a bigger guy. He's shown that he can be a shooter. He shot very well in the G League last season, uh, and he has some familiarity with the Celtic system already. He's been on the team for longer. Jake Lehman's fine. He hasn't really panned out in the NBA. Obviously, I know you love the local kid angle, but he hasn't shown the ability to be a consistent shooter. He hasn't shown the tools defensively. Denzel Valentine's he's okay as well. He's an okay shooter. He's an okay defender. If I even want to give him that, but out of the guys, I'm taking the surefire shooting of Justin Jackson over the potential skill sets of the other guys. So if I had to vote on the training camp group that they've put forth, I would go Noah Vonley, Justin Jackson as the two guys, but I mean, I could be swayed for a Jake Lehman just because of the local kid angle, but I'd probably lean towards the other two. Well, also to piggyback on the Justin Jackson take is, uh, Celtics are looking for a little bit of shooting off the bench now that Gallinari's down, right? We've been talking, yeah. writing, you name it, about that spot. It's been Carmelo. They've wanted him, or not they. Fans have wanted him. Yeah. If they wanted him, he would be on the team already. Um, but it looks like it's going to be Hauser. It's going to be Hauser that gets those minutes. I mean, you'll probably see Grant get some of them too. But if you want somebody that's just there to shoot the ball, it's Hauser right now. And there's no guarantee that he, you know, lands on his feet there. He could struggle. He yeah. struggled in the summer league after signing that new deal, right? In the past, he's been good. Last season, he was really good. Every time he shot a three, you would think it was going in in garbage time. Yep. Who knows how he's going to react in regular time. So it's not a bad idea to have somebody as a backup sharpshooter. Not that Justin Jackson is, you know, him, but he could be. Absolutely. Could yeah. Be. Just some wing insurance is how I view it. I think just having an extra wing on the roster is important, especially if you're bringing in Vonley uh, as one of the other guys. But I think that, you know, does it for those guys. It'll be interesting to see how the Celtics approach it. Cause I think training camp could actually change a lot. Say, uh, you know, Jake Lambing comes in, he shoots the ball really well. He plays with a ton of energy and he defends at a high level and practices. Udoka probably is more apt to say, okay, let's go with this guy instead. So I think a lot could change in the next month or so as training st- uh, excuse me, training camp starts to ramp up. So keep an eye out for that. But uh, I think we're both leaning Vonley, Justin Jackson for those final two spots. Uh, and there could be three. Maybe Lehman gets a chance too, but I, I assume they keep it open for two-way guys and potentially signing a veteran in the middle of the season if they need to. But let's get into I the two-way they guys. Sign a veteran. Who do you think? Who's your? Who's your? Who's I your don't guy? know yet because there's going to be buyouts and stuff like that. But when you're a team at the level of the Celtics where you're the title favorite, it's probably a decent idea to keep that spot open because of that. You don't know who's going to get it bought out. Can we? Can we do a buyout forecast? Do we have any kind of thoughts on that? I oh, wonder God. who could get bought out. <laughs> Who's in the last year of their deal this year? Do we know? Well, I mean, Kemba. Kemba could get bought out by the. Ke- by yeah, but the, they, uh, they don't need. Well, yeah, 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 that's an obvious one. That's going to happen. Um, but in all seriousness, they don't need a guard. So you can hope that some big guy gets bought out if you really don't, you know, say you bring in Von and he doesn't pan out and Luke Cornett doesn't give you a lot. You're still going to need somebody to relieve Horford and Williams. Who's coming off that meniscus tear of heavy minutes. You don't want those guys yeah. out there grinding away all season. You just don't. If you want Horford to play like he did last year in the playoffs again, this season in the playoffs, mm-hmm. he needs to be rested. Well, Sam, I don't want to get your hopes up uh, mm-hmm. and I don't think they would necessarily do it, but, if the Spurs are looking to lose a lot of games, I know one guy who's on the last year of his deal who you the love. Hurdle? No. Uh, well, uh, who man, do I love? Josh Richardson, man. Can they do that, though, if he gets bought out? It's 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 after the end of the season, I believe, because they brought Tice back. Remember, they traded him at the deadline, then they got him the next season. So yeah, it's true. They could do it. But they traded the, for Tice. I think, it, I think it's just the end of the season. I think you can't do it within the same season. It's like Goran Dragic um, got traded – from the heat, sorry, to the Raptors. Uh, and then he had to join somewhere else if he wanted to join the heat again, but that's just because it was in the same calendar league year. Uh, okay. The, cal- the league year has passed. So I believe it would be legal. Uh, Richardson I could be would be great. I'm pretty sure. Big Richardson yeah. guy. He was a good fit when he was here. That's, that's the funny thing is, you know, they did a great job at cleaning house, getting rid of Schroeder and Cantor who or freedom who weren't great fits. And they brought in Tice, who did a good job mm-hmm. filling in when Rob was out. He's a good fit on the team, despite his $8 million salary or whatever it is. 
Yep. They did yep. a good job at making the most of what they had. But it is it's just funny to me that they got rid of Richardson. Like he was a good fit. Now White is also a good fit. He's probably better. But Richardson was doing a good job for them last season. I will say, I would assume they could get at least a couple seconds, maybe a first round pick for Richardson. So I don't think they'd end up buying him out. Um, if I had to think of off the top of my head, I just pulled standings up so I could think of some guys across the league, some guys who could potentially bought out because they don't have enough value to get picks back. Derek favors in OKC stands out again. None of these guys are be, you know, sexy options, but they're there. Um, off Rockets the bench, just, that's not the worst, right? Mm-hmm. Rockets just traded for a couple veteran big men from Mavericks who they probably don't want. Uh, Boban Marjanovic is there who they probably would buy him out. And Marquise Chris as well, uh, who they might not have a ton of opportunities for. I wouldn't mind. He's another I, rebounding I machine. Does. Keep your eyes out on that one. He's got energy. Yep. He's got some energy. Other than that, um, I don't think there's anybody else. If the Pistons want to buy out Kelly Olenek because they don't have minutes for him potentially, but I don't think that's a thing. Cause I think he has two years left in his deal. So that doesn't seem likely. Uh, Robin Lopez just signed with the Cavs, but I can see a world where they don't have enough big man minutes for all of their guys. So maybe they buy him out again. None of these options are going to be particularly fun. Mason Blumley uh, on the Hornets. Maybe he doesn't have a spot there. If Mark Williams wins the starting job, but uh, other than that, I think it's just, we'll have to see. Um, I think Derek favors. And then the two Rockets, big men are probably the best options you're going to get, mm-hmm. but uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, let's go to the two way guys. We got, uh, Mufondu Kamigale uh, and J.D. Davison. What are you expecting from them this season? Uh, probably going to spend most of the year in the G League, I would assume, but what are your expectations for those two guys? Especially Davidson is going to spend a lot of time up in Maine because we're going to get to it. Where's Peyton Pritchard going to find minutes? Never mind J.D. Davidson. So exactly. with the Celtics, he's not going to see a lot of opportunity. The best thing for him is to go up to Maine, make the most of it, improve shooting, improve decision-making, improve ball security, make it so you are a playable player in Boston. The defense is somewhat there. I think that's why they took him because he's athletic and you can kind of bank on that. As far as Cabin Jelly is concerned is he has a real chance to – open some eyes because of the uncertainty with the big man position, right? That was one of the reasons why during the summer league, we were all watching. We were like, Oh, is it going to be Trevion Williams? Is that who it's going to be? And it wasn't, it was Kevin jelly. We're like, this guy's kind of good fit. He's similar to Rob and his play style. He's not a freak athlete like Rob is, but it's there, right? You can see where he could be an understudy on this team. And he could be somebody that sees spot minutes or impresses and, finds a little niche in the rotation who knows but the, the floor would be he's up in Maine a lot and real cold yeah you know? I, I agree I, I don't think JD will get a ton of opportunities with the Celtics I could see uh let's say you know it's gonna happen Brogdon White Smart they're not gonna play 82 game seasons right obviously some of them uh or all of them are probably going to go out in another rotation that's where I could see JD Davison getting oh here's a spot 10 minute night for Davison but for the most part I think like what you said uh, taking care of the ball better in Maine. Uh, if he improves his three-point percentage, that'd be great. You need a guy uh, to shoot. His distribution, his playmaking looked great in summer league, so that's not something to worry about. Same thing with his driving. He looked great attacking the basket. So just polishing his game a little bit because he's still a very raw prospect. He only went to college for one year. Uh, and as for Kevin Gailey, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, if he does well enough in Maine, I think there's a real shot he could eventually earn a spot on the roster, uh, kind of like what they did with Hauser last year. They converted him from a two-way to a standard deal. If he plays well enough and let's say Von Lay doesn't work out, uh, some of these end of the bench guys just don't really show it as much. Uh Yaley showed out in the summer league. He played really well. He looked impressive. If he you know, duplicates that success in Maine, uh, I don't think it's far-fetched to say the Celtics could sign him to a standard deal to be kind of a, a backup option to the backup option uh, yeah. for Robert Williams. Because I, I don't think he'll get – even if that happens, I don't think he'll get a ton of minutes, but I could see him getting you know 10 minutes here or there if they need an extra big man. Sort of playing the Tice role. Uh, of if you need somebody to play a little bit of minutes, they can play a little bit of minutes. Um, and he's still young. I think he's 26. So uh, he's still in the beginning uh, stages, maybe 24, actually. How old is Cabin Gailey? I hope it's 24, 26. You're supposed to be in your prime 25. by then. 25. Right, 25. Look at that. Well, right in the middle, right in the middle there. But anyways, yeah, I'm leveling my expectations for those two guys. Let's, let's move to Luke Cornett. Uh, our friend, Bobby's favorite player. Uh, expect expectations for Luke Cornett. You're hearing a lot of things from Brad Stevens, Celtics camp saying they like Luke. They're happy running, uh, into the season with Luke as their, you know, third string, second string, big man, whatever you want to call it. 
What do you expect from him and how much do you expect him to play? Well, I expect him to play quite a bit. He is going to be the backup big guy. There are going to be games where Rob doesn't play or Al doesn't play, and he's going to see more minutes there. Brad Stevens is, of course, going to say they're happy with him because they're not making any other moves. So they're they're happy with their guy right now. He could be an important piece to this team. Sure, he can shoot the ball. He's a decent rim protector, believe it or not, despite the way he looks, right? Yep. The big, goofy white dude. But he's he's not bad at it. He does a decent job in there. We'll see. I'm not sure how great he's going to be on the glass, which is really, for me, what does it, especially after watching <laughs> that playoff run. I mean, it's funny. I was literally talking to somebody about the playoff run today. Can you believe two people today, actually, believe <laughs> it or not? Um, he, he's got maybe the widest, maybe not. It's tough to say that this early on in our rankings, but he may have the widest floor and ceiling, right? Big rooms for Luke Cornett. True. Because he could really thrive in this role. He has a nice opportunity in front of him, but he could also suck. You don't know. There's a reason why the Celtics got rid of him or, or let him walk and he got signed to another G League team. And then he ended up back here, right? I'm pretty so sure we'll he signed see. for the main Celtics. I think he stayed in Maine. I don't think he was on another G League team. Well, he got plucked off by somebody. He, he was signed... I want to say it was the Cavs that took him last year. Oh, maybe. I think he was on a 10-day. Maybe you're right. So, something happened because I remember seeing a post where it was like, congratulations, you know. Yeah, no, I got you. Uh, it was probably during the COVID 10-day period we went through. But I, I think I have a little bit less expectations for Luke Cornett than you do. I don't think he plays more than 10 minutes a night. I, I really think that's probably think the so? max for Luke. <clears throat> no, I, I think you'll see more i think they'll start the season with the double bigs but i i wouldn't surprise me if rob and horford alternate in the starting lineup more with grant as a starter and then you kind of see those three kind of rotate in and out um grant obviously playing with them but i wouldn't expect horford and rob to play a ton together outside of probably the closing minutes this year uh just because they don't really have that backup big man and even last year they didn't really have that either right like we saw them play a decent amount together but they logged a lot of minutes without each other. Like before Tice was there, who was the backup big man? Am I just blanking? Like they didn't really, <clears throat> did they have one? <laughs> uh, was it freedom? It was freedom. Before. Yeah, it was him, but he freedom wasn't we... playing <laughs> exactly because they, because they didn't like him. That's why not exactly. He was we... bad, <laughs> but because I think of his political views and his braveness to be outspoken. No, they didn't like him because he was bad. Dude, if Tatum, like, he could say just about anything and like maybe people would get mad for a week, but then he'd score 50 points and they'd be like, yeah, you know, he's crazy, but he puts the ball in the basket and he's, you know, successful. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think anybody would get mad at Tatum, but um, I, I don't have much uh, expectations for Luke Cornett. I think worst case scenario, he's, he's displaced in the rotation by the likes of Von Lane, Kevin Gailey and best case scenario. I think he's a 10 to 15, maybe 15's even getting up there for me, minute guy a night. Uh, I really think, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Grant, uh, Al Horford, Robert Williams is going to take the bulk of those big man minutes. And I think, t- if anything, Tatum plays up at the power forward a little bit. You have Brown play the three, then you have plenty of guards to play the one and the two. So I think that's probably how things iron out there. So uh, I'm See, not. I'd agree with that yeah. in a playoff situation, but I just think in the regular season, they're really not going to try and run those big guys into the ground. I do agree with you saying you know, how they've been splitting up the minutes. Not that that's really an opinion. It's a fact, but I didn't realize it. But now that you mention it, they really didn't spend a lot of time on the floor together except for starting and closing lineups, right? And that was helpful in the playoffs. Loud Rob to rest, loud out to stretch the floor yeah. in different situations. In the regular season, I just think you're going to see those, especially Al Horford, have just like rest days where you're going to have to have Cornette out there. Yeah. I, I still, I mean, I, I, now that you say that, I think it could bump up a little higher, but I'd still probably cap out around 15. Cause I, I really think these guys like Vonley and Kevin Gailey have a chance to inch him out of the rotation because as much as he is a solid rim protector and he can shoot a little bit too. So don't take that out of the equation. Um, I think the versatility that Vonley could potentially bring in Kevin Gailey could potentially bring kind of outweighs his three point shooting and beefiness, I guess. I, kind of I guess I'm on board with that. Really, the point I'm making is like somebody's playing minutes. It might not be Cornette. It might be yeah. Vonley. It might be Kevin Jelly. One of them is going to be out there. It's not just going to be the the 
guys from last season. There, there's going to be somebody new. Yeah, you mentioned that. I mean, Luke Cornett probably not getting a ton of minutes. You know, these guys circling in. We don't account for the next guy on my list, which is Sam Hauser. I think he could potentially step up into a second power forward role next to Grant Williams, which would alleviate some of the pressure off of Robin Allen. That's I think that's kind of where I was going with my argument a couple uh, minutes ago, um, but I didn't really get there. It kind of you know started rambling like I'm doing now. But I, I think if you rotate Ra- Robin Allen at the center position minutes, then you have Grant and Hauser at those power forward minutes. I think you could give the bulk to the top three, and then Hauser can kind of step up into, I don't want to say 20 minutes. That seems like a lot for Hauser. But like 15 minutes a night, 18 minutes a night, you have the other three play the rest of the center power forward minutes. Jason Tatum plays some powered forward minutes. Hell, Jalen Brown can play some power forward minutes against small ball lineups if you need him to, um, which is why I'm not as high in Luke Cornette. But anyways, moving on to Sam Hauser. I kind of have some high expectations for him this year. I think he should be able to step up into a role. I wrote about uh, an article about him for Celtics blog. Um, Everywhere he's gone, he's been a great three-point shooter. And if you look at the Celtics system, they don't really need him to do much else. Obviously, there's the defensive aspect, but I found a quote, Ime Udoka talking about how he's a great team defender, and that should bode well for him immediately. If Udoka likes his defense, then, I mean, hell, (laughs) so should fans. So there's that. Um, Grant Williams found success last season by standing in the corner and hitting shots. The Celtics run a drive-and-kick offense. Pretty much, yeah. Right? I mean, am I wrong? Right, I'm not. He's, wrong. he's like, literally playing guy. 2K. Like you got the one guy doing all the dribbling, and then you have four other guys standing there, and that's what he did. Yeah, he was one I of mean, the four other guys. I, I love the guy, but if all you need is Sam Hauser to stand in the corner and feed off of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown driving kicks, I'm fine with that. Right uh, on offense, at the very least, and you can move him into some shooting sets, et cetera, et cetera. Have him cut you know, develop that sort of stuff. But I really think he's capable of playing those 15 to 18 minutes a night. And I think it'll be a good step up, excuse me, for him, especially during the regular season. Like you said, playoff time, probably get cut from the rotation. But for now, I really think he could use those minutes. So I'm excited for Sam Hauser this season. What do you, what do you think? Yeah. Hauser has like the biggest house, right? And what I mean by that is, I mean, I kind of said it with Cornette, but I really thought of like the right way to say it, you know, good punchline from me here. Right. Mm -hmm. The floor is low, ceiling is high. A lot of room in the house. So Hauser has stepped up, or not really stepped up, but he has come up as the replacement for Gallinari. Gallinari is Mm -hmm. down with a knee injury. He's probably not playing the season. There's your opportunity, Hauser. You are the shooter. Gallinari was supposed to be the shooter. Now that's your job. And you've proved you can do it. You've shot well everywhere. Like you said, Jack, in the G League, 40%. In the NBA in garbage time last year, 43%. The only real, like, if you want to get nervous about it type deal was the Summer League this year. He just wasn't great. What What are you going to do? You keep talking. I'm going to He shot like 25. He was like two for eight in the Summer League. But Limited sample size. No, no, no. Very limited. I agree. But he was not what you were hoping he would be in those yeah. summer league games going into the summer league. I think we were all thinking like, all right, Sam Hauser just signed a three-year deal. He's going to ball out and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens in terms of his shooting. I don't know if he's going to be a power forward though. He's definitely not doing a whole lot besides shooting, right? At least grant when he was, you know, just standing in the corner, that was just on offense on defense. Grant was the dude. He was guarding some of the hardest guys to guard, especially yeah. in the playoffs. I mean, obviously, he had found a role on the team before then, but he was covering Giannis and KD did an excellent job on KD. Hauser isn't doing that for you, but he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to, and he can <laughs> shoot the lights out. He really can. Everybody I mean, raves about the guy. The statement you just said, I think maybe a little bit of Celtics fan syndrome where you look at one guy who does something really well. Not everybody's going to be defending Giannis and <laughs> Stephen Curry and everybody. I think Grant Williams is just good at that. I don't think you need <clears throat> Sam Hauser to be this all world defender for him to play the power forward because realistically speaking, I feel like it's easier to defend the power forward position than small forward position. Maybe I'm crazy. I feel like I'd rather have him defending power forwards and small forwards anyways <clears throat> that's just the league straws, now is anyways. different you're, you're right yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not it's not two bigs in the post it's one big if at all in the post yeah and then the rest of them are shooting a well, lot of fours are stretch fours regardless so, yeah. i think I mean, gallinari defense, wasn't guarding anybody 
Yeah, true. Exactly. My thing is that the, at the worst case scenario, you, you put him in the corner against shooters and he has to chase them around or they play switch defense anyway. So if you just have him keep switching off onto the worst offensive player and if they attack Hauser, you have Rob in the paint to help and they're probably going to spend time attacking Hauser, but they can't do it every play. And if they do, you take him out of the game. So, well, he may um, not a moron, yeah. you know, yeah. we're and saying he, this. He said he was a good team definitely defender. thinking so. it. Exactly. He said what? Exactly. Yes. Uh, he said Hauser's a good team defender. Okay. Well, that means he can't guard people, but he can run around and go guard somebody else. <laughs> no, no. Let me find the there. quote. Let me, let me find that. The that's what you. that means. A team defender is like, all right, you got this one. I'm going to go guard the guy in the corner. Yeah. He said, always in the right spot. Great team defender. Yep. He knows how to use himself. His angles in the cerebral guy. The right uh, not spot. Not just offensively, but defensively. Yeah. <laughs> He just said he's a guy we're comfortable putting in with starters and other guys at any time of the game. The shooting's well, always be. there, but there's more than that. So, like I said, uh, Ime usually tells it how it is, and if he's even a little bit confident in Sam Hauser, fans shouldn't be too uh, hesitant to throw him in for 15 minutes a night. So I- I'm I okay think, with that. I think we're going to see at least one game where Hauser's like the difference maker, where he's going to make a bunch of threes. Yeah, I agree. I think you could see a, a couple of those maybe, but we can move on to our next player who you did mention earlier, Peyton Pritchard, mm-hmm. kind of buried again in the Celtics guard rotation as he was last year, although I would argue it's even more so this season, uh, buried behind the trio of Smart Brogdon and Pritchard or, and White, sorry, who we'll talk about. But what do you expect from Pritchard? Do you foresee a scenario where the Celtics have to trade him because he's not getting minutes or do you think he can you know, get a crack in the rotation? See, if you just stopped after what do you expect for Pritchard, I would have said probably be traded, which sucks because I like yeah. Pritchard. I'm a big fan of his. He was really good throughout the playoffs last season. Up until the finals, he kind of lost his legs. But up until then, he was real consistent. He played well. He made threes, and you could rely on him. This season, he's not going to see a lot of time. He's better than just sitting there and watching the game from the bench. He should be playing bench minutes for somebody. and we could see the Celtics make use of that. What are they going to get back? Well, they need a big guy. Who who could you get back for him? I think uh, one that was out there was Jared Vanderbilt from Utah. Now that he's not on the way yeah. to the Wolves anymore, but that's not really like I don't something think that's that Danny's realistic. probably urgent to do, right? Yeah, yeah. I but don't. There think are he'll definitely moves Jared. that you could see. Okay, Pritchard for somebody. Don't know who it's going to be. Yeah, but I just don't think there's a ton of uh, financial wiggle room there because he doesn't make a ton of money this season. I talked to Keith earlier this offseason for Celtics blog and uh, his money goes up to like from 2.5 to like 5 mil next year. So if he really wanted to trade Pritchard, it'd probably have to be smarter to trade him next year when he could be a better salary matcher. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be tough for Pritchard, like you said. Uh, he doesn't really have a set spot in the rotation, although Emo Doka really warmed up to him last year. So I think it'll be easier for him to crack the rotation this year as backwards as it sounds, because last year he was fighting to earn the trust of Udoka. He wasn't the best defender, but by the end of the season, Udoka trusted him as a defender, as an offensive player. He, he utilized his shooting. Um, and I think you'll see that this year too. Uh, maybe it's a hot take, but the more I think about it, the more I feel like Pritchard will actually have a more established role than people think. Because Derek White, Marcus Smart, Derek White, uh, sorry, Malcolm Brogdon, not going to play all 82 games, like I said. He's going to have to be in there. Um, and if anything, yes, those three guys are good at defense, but if the Celtics need a shooting punch, he's going to be their guy in the backcourt, right? He's going to be in there shooting threes from the logo like he always does. Um, He's super confident, and I think he could actually play 15 to 20 minutes a night. I think he'll get more minutes than a lot of people anticipate, especially because they don't really have backup big men or backup wings. I think you could see Brogdon, Derek White play up to the small forward more than most people expect. I think you could see a lineup of you know Pritchard uh, and then two of the other three guards and then uh, a big man in one of the Jays. I think that could be a lineup you see more than – one might expect. So I think Pritchard will actually play uh, more than last year as a whole, at least more total minutes than last year, whether or not he'll get the minutes per game, uh, but he got off to a really slow start last season. I think he'll be yeah. on better terms with Udoka this year, uh, but I'm interesting to, I'm interested to see how Udoka manages the uh, four guard rotation because it's not going to be easy, but I think there definitely is a pathway uh, that's clearer than most people anticipate for Pritchard. So I'm excited for that. At least I hope you're right. I, I yeah. would love to see Pritchard continue to get minutes and grow as a player. He's a good player. 
he is, is a good player and he can play on the offensive end yep. with the best of them. I mean, the guy, he can score, he can shoot. You can rely on, he had big moments in the first round last year against the Nets. He had a big fourth quarter of game one. He had 10 points in the quarter, game one, game two. I mean, he has value. It just sucks if he's just buried there. I hope you're right. I hope he's not buried. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he'll get a chance. I think he'll get his chance. But uh, next up on my list, I have Grant Williams, my guy, my favorite. I expect big things from Grant this season. I think he'll take yet another leap. Um, I think the three-point shooting will still be there. I think the defense will still be there. I just think he'll get more minutes to show it off in the regular season. Uh, I think two years ago, right before his bad season, I predicted he'd average something like 10, 5, and 3, and I cursed him a little bit. So I'm not going to do any stat predictions this year. (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to say I think the three-point percentage will still be there. Uh, I think the defense will still be there, and I think he'll have to play more minutes because they don't really have a backup big man. So I expect him to have an even bigger role uh, this year. And I think he could start a lot of games this year, too. If Horford's out, if Rob's out, I think he'll be in the starting lineup more often uh, than people expect as well. Well, I'll say this. They better pay him. They need to get an extension done with Grant yep. Williams as soon <laughs> yeah. as they can. Because if you're right, Jack, and he does have a, another growth of a season – right? Yep. They're going to lose out on the opportunity they had to get him for cheap. Look look yep. at what they did with Rob last year. Rob, they paid him $10 million or so. I think it might be 12 annually yeah. over four seasons. If they waited to extend Rob, they'd be paying him $20 million. And yep. not only would that be the case, you would have people like us having conversations right now saying, oh man, like they paid Rob $20 million. He just he's coming off a meniscus tear. He has an injury history, blah, blah, blah. They don't have to worry about that now. And obviously, Grant doesn't have an injury history. He's built like a fire hydrant. Like, I mean, the dude's not going to get he's not fragile. But if he goes out there and has another season where he proves to be valuable in a role, you're going to have a tough time tying him down for less than face value. And right now you probably could get him for around the same as Rob, maybe a little less. Like I would pay him like 10 million a year. I think he'd go for a little more. Well, see, you say that now, just look at after this season, who knows? Exactly. And if you're getting a discount after the season because he played poorly, do you even want him back? No, you don't. He's a good player. He played out for you in most of the playoffs, struggled later, wasn't great against Miami, wasn't great against uh, Golden State. But in those first two rounds, he was a force, especially against the Bucs. I mean, he had that big game seven that, you know, no one's going to forget. My Christmas. <laughs> Dude played well, man. He deserves amazing. it. And it's funny. We haven't heard anything about that. We haven't well, heard. Yeah. I, I mean, I talked to Keith. I have a date for you. 10, 17, October 17th. So yeah, they have to a do month and two days from now. Starts. Yeah, exactly. So that's the last day they can sign a rookie scale extension. Keith was also talking to me about numbers he expects. Uh, he was around what you said. He said, excuse me, potential Grant gets what? something like 12 to 13 Great million. Lines. Um, so you'd probably be starting somewhere between 10 and 11, and it would climb up to like 15. You know, the 12 and 13 would be annually in the scaling contracts, et cetera. But I mean, next season, like you said, hey, even from Keith here saying, uh, as you look at the teams that project to have cap space, there's a handful of teams that can make sense on uh, Grant can make sense on that could pay him, you know, something in the 15 to $20 million a year range, which is like, then you're starting to get a expensive, <laughs> expensive money. But uh, if he has another great season, he might be worth that. Cause that's what role players are going for nowadays. Right. You look at Jalen Brunson uh, who signed in New York. You look at Maxi Kleber who just signed a three year, uh, $33 million sentence, something like that. Dorian Finney Smith signed a pretty big deal last year. There's guys around the league uh, going for a lot of money, and it's not because they're not worth it. And Keith mentioned this too. It's because you got to think of it as a a fraction of the salary cap rather than a raw amount. Because thirty million dollars isn't a max contract anymore, right? Like a a few years ago, we're thinking of that as like the max a player could make. Stephen Curry's making sixty mil a year, right? We get we got to start thinking of money on an. I still think of it as the max. Obviously, (laughs) it's if you listen very much, you know. (laughs) No, I know, but. I'm very stingy. I'm like, this guy shouldn't be making that much money. This guy shouldn't be making that much money. Again, so, think of it as a portion of the cap, not as like $30 million. I, I understand. Two years ago I, like, I understand. I just see the number and I'm like, oh man, like well, <laughs> prayers to that team. $30 million two years ago was like, what, 30% of the cap, 33% of the cap. And now, or a few years ago and in two years from now, it's going to be like 
15, 20% of the cap. Like it, it, it matters, uh, the, the cap growing, but regardless, that being said, I think Grant Williams extension is something to watch. I expect big things from this season. I think you'll have to play a lot of minutes because the backup big man, and I think you feel the same. So looking forward to that, but, uh, Derek white Pay the man. next on my list, pay the man. <laughs> Absolutely. Derek white is next. Uh, we can lump him in with Malcolm Brogdon because we're kind of like running up on the 45 minute mark here and we should, well, we're not, we had a five minute because I lagged. So (laughs) we did, you're right. Like 38, 35, 38. Yeah. Anyways, Derek white and then Malcolm Brogdon. I kind of lumped them in as the same player. Am I crazy for that? I feel like they're just like carbon copies. I think Malcolm Brogdon probably has a little bit more playmaking and offensive and Derek white's a little bit more on the defensive. It's they're They're pretty much the same. I think they're both, carbon copies of what Marcus Smart does, except Marcus Smart's, you know, better on defense. They're essentially just three of the same guards, I would argue, that do things slightly better than the other. And I think that's exactly what the Celtics wanted. But uh, Derek White, what are you expecting? Um, <laughs> But yeah, he's going to have a full season with the Celtics. He didn't have that last season. We're going to see how comfortable he gets. As a career three-point shooter, he was better on the Spurs than he was last year here, right? Last year was a down year for him. So if he's able to find his footing behind the arc again, he's going to be a real weapon for the Celtics. And there were moments in the playoffs where he was really great. Game six against Miami, he was the only guy giving him anything down the stretch, and he almost won him the game. Now Mm -hmm. you're going to have a little bit less of an opportunity because of Brogdon, right? They're probably going to play a similar role off the bench. One of them will play off the ball. And obviously you don't sub five at a time, but that's how we think of it as, you know, fans. Um, <laughs> yeah. But he has a good opportunity to really cement himself on this team because he's going to have a full year under his belt here. And who knows how healthy Brogdon will be. He might have bigger of a, uh, a bigger role than we think he's going to have. Right? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, <laughs> I think, uh, excuse me, Derek White, like you said, having that extra year in the Celtics offense is important. I think you can see his three-point shot improve a little bit. I think you'll see him improve as a driver. His float uh, floaters were on point in the playoffs. That he, like That was yeah. the best part of his game. So I think getting to do that a little more in the flow of the offense will be huge for him. Uh, I think he'll be a ball handler uh, as much as he can be. Um, so yeah, I just expect more consistency from him next year now that he's more used to the system. And as for Brogdon, I think he would be in six man of the year conversations if he was going to play a full season. I probably 50 to 55 games, if I had to guess, right? Like just, just being realistic, maybe 60. Who knows? Uh, he doesn't, max, he's probably not going to have to. Even exactly. if he's healthy, he's not exactly. going to Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't me saying like he's going to be hurt, but I just don't think he'll end up getting up uh, to the 70 game mark. I think 60 is probably the cap for him. And then he'll be good for the playoffs, which is what you want from him. But uh, six man of the year numbers in not enough games to qualify for the award is what I would like from him. Worst case, he kind of falls behind Derek White in the rotation. The three point shots, not there. That's the floor, but I expect good things from Brogdon, just solid, consistent, uh, production off the bench, which is kind of just what Brogdon's been all about for the majority of his career. What about you? Better equipped to handle the ball, him or Bro- uh, Brogdon or White. Who would you rather <laughs> see being the guy handling the ball? Probably Brogdon. Uh, but it's, it's a toss up. I mean, they're both fully capable. I just think Brogdon's shown more prowess as a playmaker. I mean, when, when he, they saw uh, traded for him, everyone was like, Oh, the Celtics finally got a real point guard. When in reality, he averaged the same amount of assists as Marcus Smart did for the past two years. So it's like, you don't watch. I will say <laughs> but, this. I ha- obviously don't get to watch Brogdon as much. I mean, I could, if I really wanted to, but you know, I really watch guys that play against the Celtics or on the Celtics. And, Derek White impressed me a lot last year when he arrived with his playmaking. Some of the passes Derek White would make would blow your mind. I remember he hit Rob on a cut against Atlanta in one of his first games on the lob, and it was like, dude, how did he see that pass? So I think I kind of disagree. I think Brogdon is better equipped to score out of like an isolation situation or or off the catch. Than Derek White, at least last year's Derek White was, right? If he continues to shoot the way he did last year, you want him with the ball and somebody else catching and shooting. But if he shoots like he did for the rest of his career, then yeah, absolutely <laughs> play him off the ball. Yeah, sorry, I was muted there for a sec. Um, I think the best part about it is though they're really interchangeable. All three of the Celtics point guards, all of them yeah. can handle the ball. All of them are probably not the best shooters, but they're capable of playing off the ball. So 
They play That's defense. Exactly. That's the important part. They play defense. But next up, big man, aging vet, Al Horford. Uh, you've heard reports from Steve Bullpet of heavy.com that he's probably going to sit out back-to-backs next year, which is to be expected. Probably going to take an easier load on him. Uh, I'm, I don't want to say nervous, but <clears throat> I think how he plays this year is a good indicator as to how he'll be, you know, if he'll retire, et cetera, because you got to remember last season coming into it, he was off of like full half a season of rest more than that. Three quarters. More season than of that. Rest. Yeah. OKC played him. I think 26 Nine games months. was the number. Yeah, Something exactly. Like he that. was fully rested up, but now he's not only coming off of a full regular season where he was playing every night, um, but he also went through an entire playoff run where he was worked like grueling through. Every he was round. worked and he played well, right? He was great, but you have to imagine he's tired. So you got, I agree. As, I agree with that. I think it's similar to, uh, to the Brogdon thing. I think he plays 60 games max in the regular season. So he's rested up for the playoffs, uh, which again, like you mentioned earlier is potentially the concern because they don't really have a backup big man, but what are you looking for from Rob this year? Or sorry, Al, sorry, getting ahead of myself. Yeah. I'd like to see Al showing off the old drip there. Like he's Ben Simmons in round one, right? You want Al Horford to be ready to go when it matters. Just like you said. So, as much as I want the Celtics to win every single game and during the regular season, when the injury reports drop and shows him resting, I'm not going to be thrilled, but as you know, somebody that's not involved emotionally just yet, I would like to see him rested enough to where he's going to be healthy. He's going to be fresh and ready to go when the playoffs come around, because listen, Celtics should not be screwing around with anything except for a championship this year. They are the, odds on favorites and Al Horford's a big part of that. I did sneak him into three players that could make the all-star team for the Celtics just because <laughs> I mean, the dudes said, Hey, look, I'm still kind of nasty in the playoffs last year. I mean, he, he was, did. he was, he was fantastic. So he still has it in the tank. The question is, is he going to have to, you know, go into the tank in the regular season? My answer is no. So yeah. I expect him to be a good mentor to Rob, a good mentor to the other bigs on the team and, you know, give them, give them what they need, whether it's him sitting there or him playing, who knows? <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. I just coughed in the mic. Uh, speaking of that, my pick for the third all-star spot, if the Celtics are good enough to have three all-stars and assuming the Jays get in, obviously, and I agree with uh, you. Yes. My pick would be, I think we're going to say different people though. I don't think you agree with me. Go ahead. I'm going Rob. Yeah, no, 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 I agree. Okay, I thought you were going to say Marcus again like last year. Well, I'll tell you no. why Marcus won't be when we get there. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Is it because there's too much guard production? Yeah, there's just too many good guards in the East for it to happen. Yeah, I agree. Anyways, Rob, though, um, I think there's a real path for him to put up some crazy numbers this year, barring health. I think they're going to be careful with him coming off the meniscus tear because he still wasn't right in the playoffs. And yes, he's had an offseason, but I think they're going to be cautious at the start of the year regardless. But if he gets in there, <clears throat> he starts doing his thing. I mean, not only does he have the Jays next to him making plays, he now has one of the you know strongest backcourts in the NBA to throw him lobs all game. Uh, he averaged, what, 10 and 10 last year with two and a half blocks, something crazy like that. Just missed it on the <laughs> rebounds. Like he's like yeah. nine something. But it, yeah, if you like round that. up, it's 10 and 10. Effectively. Plus, he showed some passing skills. I think there's a real chance Rob could average something like, what, 15? 11 and like two and a half blocks and then you know however many assists three if the celtics are like a six on a 60 win pace by the all-star break and it's like okay this team should probably have three all-stars 15 10 three and two blocks is probably the third all-star right like he's not going to inch towards 20 points per game just because the jays take too many so many shots and there's so many other mouths to feed but if he's there on a consistent basis and he can play 30 you know 32 minutes a night if he's healthy enough to do that I think he could be the third all-star. And I think this is like, has a potential to be a breakout season for Robin. I think the worst case scenario is obviously more injury issues, but barring that the floor is probably something around, you know, like what he did 10 and 10, which is fine. Yeah. It's a defensive player of the year player, but I think there's real boom potential for uh time Lord this year. Or I Bob Williams. I agree. And I'm really upset that you took the words out of my mouth because I was going sorry, to say, sorry, <laughs> when the all-star break rolls around and the voting and selection process happens, it's going to depend on how great the Celtics are because we yeah. as fans have high expectations. The odds makers have high expectations, putting them as title favorites. So if they're in the area where they should be, 
it's not unrealistic for them to have three all-star players. We've seen yeah. plenty of teams in the past have three all-stars, especially when they're playing at a top level. And Rob is going to be that third guy if they do have one. Because behind Embiid, it's really not that saturated with big men, right? Like Adebayo's good. Jared Allen's a good player. Capella's a good player. I really hope I'm not missing anybody that's like mainly a center. But uh, I don't think I am. Nah, he's not going to be an all-star. Rob's I'm just looking through. I'm just but looking through. Those, those guys are, besides Embiid, are not guys that Rob is not capable of taking a spot from. Maybe Bam is kind of grandfathered in. But, I mean, we've seen Rob outplay Bam. Like he's been I think Rob is the better. clear-cut third best center in the East. I would agree. No, I agree he's with you. Third best I completely yeah. agree with you. And Jared Allen found his well, way onto the team last year, and they have a very similar mm, place. I think that. Jared Allen's right now slightly better than Rob, so I'll go four. Uh, but I will also say it's not centers. It's front court players. So that's where he gets screwed. You know what you I'm saying? You could see that. You could see. I still think he might sneak on. I, no, I, I think there's a chance too, but I think the Celtics have to be really good because then you're talking, you're talking Jimmy Butler, you're talking, you know, Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes, who's a young up and coming player, DeMar DeRozan is going to be in there, Kevin Durant, Giannis is in there, um, Evan Mobley's Tatum. up and coming, Jason Tatum, obviously. Mobley's a sleeper uh, pick. That's a good pick too. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, there's some guys. They got some guys in these, but there's definitely room for him to get in there if he needs to. I mean, you don't want like hearing it, but if Ben Simmons plays the center position next year, he's going to put up the stats, and the Nets could be good if he's consistent. Um, poor Zingis. I mean, he's on a bad oh, Wizards team. There. Julius Randle's there if he has a nah, Randall's, back Randall's season. Not be any good. <laughs> I'm just telling uh, you right now, he's not going to yeah. be any good. Oh, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, but the, like you said, the guard position, I think Jalen is the one who's going to have troubles if the Celtics underperform. Uh, at all i mean if they're good he'll have a lock spot but if he doesn't we're talking is jimmy butler qualifying as a guard exactly we're talking jalen brown chris middleton we didn't name as a a forward either middleton Uh, i mean i i put middleton in the guard slot but he's probably not Drew holidays there james harden's there fred van harden donovan mitchell fred van vliet bradley beal brad beal your favorite uh, player uh zach levine uh, <laughs> he's not better than Jalen Brown. Trey Young and DeJounte Trey, Murray. Trey Young, Jonte Murray, LaMelo Ball. I mean, Tyrese Halliburton, Cade Cunningham, yeah. Jalen Brunson, RJ Barrett. You got guys is the point. You got a lot of guards uh, competing for those spots in the East. Uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for all-stars next year. And uh, the West is just as tough too. There's so much talent in the NBA this year. But I, I think Rob has a chance to be an all-star. And I think you do too. I think high expectations for Rob is the point we're making. Um. Next up, Marcus Smart. I know you had a take on him, so I'll let you start here so I don't steal your words again. <laughs> well, no, no. It was just saying, I, like, yeah, no, if, if the East wasn't so, like, riddled with top-tier guards, he could find his way on. Like, maybe, like, 10 years ago, he would be primed for a potential all, all-star season, right? But it's just not realistic. There's too much star power. Even yeah. if you just take, like, guys that came over to the conference in the offseason, Murray – and Mitchell, like Jalen Brunson, two, even too. Jalen Brunson, like those guys are all players that are more apt to get votes than Marcus. And also, yep. not to mention, if you're not a Celtics fan, you hate Marcus. Like <laughs> nobody besides us likes that guy. If you go on NBA Reddit, and like, even some of us him. don't like him, and even some people in well, Boston people don't like dumb. him. Those are the people <laughs> that you don't have intelligent conversations with. But if you go on Reddit or Twitter where people are talking about like you know, whatever, like people loved when uh game five happened against Milwaukee and you could point a finger at him in the last two possessions of making a mistake. They <laughs> I will say, that. I will say the only thing that could potentially get Marcus a spot uh, if Rob doesn't put up the necessary stats and the Celtics are good enough to have three all-stars, <clears throat> he wouldn't be a starter. So fan voting and player voting wouldn't matter. It would come down to the coaches votes. And I think coaches very clearly respect what Marcus does. I think he has respect around the league from the players and the coaches. Um, and so if he does put up, you know, you mentioned you don't think he'll put up the stats because of the guard rotation. I also don't think that. But let's say That's he does like tough. 13, 4, and like 5 or 6. I don't think that's, you know, too 
off. It's obviously not the flashiness just of the depends, Jim Because he has gotten the nod now league-wide because he won Defensive Player of the Year. Now, I know that's yes. picked by the media, but he still has the respect of people around the league, like you said, like the, with the coaches. So there's – I mean, you see Draymond get it. Draymond has had seasons where he hasn't put up monster numbers, but he's still been an all-star because he makes such an impact. Marcus might not be at yeah. that level, but he's well, he's close he's enough. I mean, he won he's the award. There. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's the only thing you could see um, get him into the all-star game. But uh, anyway, so we can move on to the last two stars of the show. We'll start with Jalen Brown. I'm just going to throw it out there. All-NBA. I think that has to be the goal for Jalen this season. If he does get All-NBA, he'll get a lot more money on his next contract. Um, I think that has to be the goal for him this year, and I think it's very attainable if the Celtics are good. You want to see him improve the ball handling like we saw in the playoffs, improve the playmaking. I think unlocking his passing is the next key to get him. If If Jalen Brown becomes a better passer, I think he's on Jason Tatum's level, and that's crazy of me to say, but I think as long as he gets, you know, the, the three-point shooting efficiency down more consistently because they, they were close last year because Jason Tatum had a down year. But if he improves his three-point efficiency and improves as a passer a little bit, I think he's closer to Jason Tatum than most people uh, currently believe. And I think All-NBA is the next step for Jalen. Yeah. Well, I, I'm i not thinking about that for whatever reason. We just spent, you know, three different player expectation segments on all-star selections. But I'm not thinking about accolades with Jalen. I'm really just thinking about how effective can he be? How much can he improve? Because every season, the story with Jalen is, okay, what did he get better at this year? Because he exactly. has been a mastermind. Well, like He's gotten he better at working epitome. underwater. <laughs> he, yeah, he's the epitome of getting better at something every single season. And yep. this year, I'd love to see his ball handling get tighter because in the playoffs, we watched him turn the ball over all the time. It was bad, especially in the later rounds. I mean, whatever happened, if he had some kind of injury that we don't know about or something, or teams just learned that if they throw three guys at him, it doesn't end well for him. Whatever that is, he needs to figure that out because if he's able to do that, it doesn't only get easier for him, it gets easier for everyone else because now you're seeing three guys go at Jalen Brown and teams are left exposed. You've got open guys now. You've got two open players and that ties into the playmaking, which you have requested he get better at. We will make sure we send yep. those requests right to the desk. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to make things so much easier for everybody involved. Yeah, Simple 100%. as that. 100%. I don't think you could have said it any better. All NBA is a very fair expectation, right? And it, yeah, you know, everyone really on cool. Twitter is having the old uh, hype train because a video came out of him playing in that gym that makes everybody mm-hmm. 10 and- times better than they are. It's not going to be easy. Like we, we talked about with the guards, like you're going to have to get, <clears throat> excuse me, if he's a guard at all NBA, think about this. Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Trey Young, Chris Paul, James Harden, John Morant. <laughs> That's tough. I mean, the right? list goes on. <laughs> I mean, we just had a conversation, tough. Jack, about him maybe not even making the all-star team in the Eastern Conference. Exactly. Never mind all NBA. So and we are I didn't going even to mention. See. Devin Booker. I didn't even mention Donovan Mitchell. I didn't even mention. Yeah, I stopped you because the list would be too long. (laughs) I know what Irving is going to play next year, and I know you don't like him, but he's an All NBA player if he plays all the games. He's got the talent if he plays, and you know exactly is in a nutcase. Sure, exactly. So it's tough for Jalen, but I think that has to be the goal. And if the Celtics are good enough, I could see it happening. Lastly, fair. Jason Tatum. I'm going to go first. Yes, I would tell you. If you are a betting man or woman, put money on him to win MVP. Yes. And you might say, Sam, why would you say that? And I would say, I don't necessarily believe he's going to win the MVP, but I do think if you take him getting the MVP, you are getting good odds. Yep. You are going to get bang for your buck. It's very possible that he is going to be MVP. And here's why. The Celtics are a wagon. Okay, they are. There's no way around. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. They were a wagon for the second half of last season. And honestly, if he had his head out of his ass the whole year, which may not happen again this year, we don't know. We we forget that in the fall, the man can't play. He could have been MVP last year. The way he played in the second half of the season, he absolutely could have been MVP if he absolutely. put that together for a full season. Right now, the Celtics 
again, are going to be a wagon and they were last season and they're going to have a chip on their shoulder because they were horrible in the playoffs and they still made the finals and they were horrible. <laughs> like out of how good they could have been, they were like the worst. So if they figure yeah. it out, they are going to be nasty and he's going to be their best player. <laughs> and that factors in to how reliable or likely you may be to win the MVP. And he's probably going yeah. to have the stats to do it as well. He has been someone that has continued to improve like Jalen Brown. It may be not be as evident because the improvements for Tatum tend to happen mid season instead of at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. But he has the keys in his hand to win an MVP. This, the eyes are going to be on the Celtics. They have a ton of national TV games. If he's playing well, people are going to see it and mm-hmm. the standings are going to show it. This is, I mean, the Celtics haven't had an MVP since Bird. I mean, it's about time that there has been an MVP trophy at, in Boston. What was and the last Tatum one? Bird is the guy. Was, it Bird? was Bird the last one? Bird. Bird yeah. won three in a row and then, then screwed. You know? <laughs> Yeah, there, uh, there that's is what I was no gonna say. reason why he shouldn't be in that conversation. That's what I was going to say. And I knew you letters. were going to say it, and I wanted to say it. Because <laughs> I was saying it last year that you, you should take him for the MVP if you're betting. You just wanted to beat me out. Yeah, I was going to say three letters, MVP. That's what Tatum's got to go for this year. Uh, I think the floor is another down shooting year, more turnover issues, which please just clean up. Just clean, just clean up the turnovers. That was extremely not fun to watch. Make chief. Yeah, he's been working. I on forgot that. about that. I forgot how frustrating that was. Like he would get inside and just miss. And listen, if you ever see me play basketball, I am no, you know, I'm pretty sure we mentioned touch it. around the rim. Yeah. Soft touch guy. Listen, a layup for me is like a three pointer for other people. Yeah. You want me I to agree. shoot the ball. But I, you're in the NBA, you finish your layups. I, yeah, I think we talked about it earlier this season on a podcast. Drew Hanlon, uh, Tatum's trainer, said he's working on finishing through contact, which is chef's kiss, exactly what you want Good. to see. But yeah, <laughs> excuse me, MVP, All-Star should be a given at this point. All-NBA should be a given at this point, Tatum. If you don't get either of those, it's a terrible season. Uh, MVP should be the goal, and it's not going to be easy. There's plenty of players, like I said, Steph, Luka, Joel Embiid, Nicole Jokic, Giannis, lots of guys aiming for it or putting up the stats for it, I should say. But Tatum should absolutely be in the conversation moving forward. Booker as well, but Tatum is... Tam's got to have his uh, sights out set on that. And uh, I believe he told Joel Embiid last year, he said, you better win it this year because it's mine next year. So he's yeah. he's got his eyes on it. But that wraps it up. Gallinari did not make the cut because he's not going to play. <laughs> so My expectation RIP. for Gallinari is he will be like uh, traded. He'll be there. He'll, he'll, traded. You'll see him. He could get traded. I think they trade his contract. Uh, like what the Cavs did with Ricky Rubio last year. Remember when he got traded for Karis LeVert on the injured deal? I think mm-hmm. he probably gets his salary matched and traded, maybe with Peyton Pritchard, maybe with other guys, but we shall see. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, anything else you want to cover quickly before we get on out of here? We've done a solid hour in the middle of the off season. <laughs> yeah, we got an hour. How about that? I mean, it's been two weeks. We should give you an hour, but look at that. You know, I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you've got a month. <laughs> yeah. Less than that. Cause we're going to have more stuff to talk about. You're going to have media day. Like, well, yep. we said it in the first take of the show, and then my internet pulled the signature <laughs> move. But media day coming up, preseason coming up. I mean, we are going to have all kinds of stuff to talk yep. about. Lots so of stuff. Lots of stuff. We Get will hyped. wrap it up here. I am hungry. Yeah. Me too. Yes. Have you, have you made your trip to Duncan yet today? I didn't actually go to Duncan. No? I woke up very early today for me. Very early. What time did you get up today? I think 8.30. Jesus Christ, Jack. I was up before you, and I, I was sleeping in. All right. I went to bed at 5, so that was very early for me. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Jack. Go back to bed. <laughs> I don't know why I woke up, but when I wake up, I can't fall back to sleep. So I was up, mm. and I was up. and so I do not uh, envy you. I'm very good mm-hmm. at sleeping. Yeah, I haven't eaten much today either. I'd Sorry like about that salad. to tell you after we're done, but <laughs> very good at sleeping. Yeah. Anyways, that's it for us. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Subscribe on YouTube if you haven't, and I'll throw it to Sam. Yeah, Jesus. I thought you were about to take my whole thing. No, 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 never. Yeah, well, thank you very much for listening or watching. If you're watching, you're on YouTube, uh, perhaps on From the Rafters, which now has over 100 subscribers. Yes, yes. Then we are also on Guy Boston. So whichever one you're on, make sure you subscribe, like, share. We put out a good show. We would love people to see it. 
If you're just listening, that's cool too. You're probably on some streaming service. Make sure you follow us there in case Jack doesn't tweet out the pod. If he does tweet it, it's from it's at from Rafters Pod on Twitter. You will find it there. If you want all of Jack's work he does, you can follow him at Jack Simone NBA's on Heavy. He's grinding away, putting out articles in the dog days of summer here. And if you want my articles, look at that. Sam is off his ass putting out articles. Can you believe it? You can follow me at <laughs> Sam LaFrance NBA. And you'll see me tweet some other stuff too. I put out the picture of the amateur sketch. That's our ship. Check Taco. Come on. Tacos. Taco. Taco's having some fun here.